This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead for Monday, May 7th, 2012. It is episode number 78. Well, may the 7th be with you. (laughs) Thanks. It was Star Wars Day a few days ago. Doesn't that work for all the days in May? May Uh, the 23rd be with you? I suppose it works. It's not quite the same as May the 4th be with you, though. Oh, I mean, may the 7th be with you. It is with us. It is with us right now. All day. And it it, it also is... Russian Radio Day. Russian Radio Day. That's right. It's uh, it's celebrated in a few other countries as far as I could tell. Not so much in North America, but May the 7th is Radio Day. Do you uh, do you speak any Russian? <clears throat> das vidanye, Mr. Bond. Uh, I know spasiba. Okay. And uh, that's about it. <laughs> well, if I can tell you about Radio Day. Niet. Yeah. No, I don't mean no. Don't tell me about Radio Day. <laughs> I just, you know, stretching my uh, Russian language legs. Well, forget it then. I don't want you, I don't want to talk about Radio <laughs> Day. Radio Day or Communications Workers Day, oh, okay, which sounds very Russian. It does. As it is officially known in Russia, is a commemoration of the development of radio. It takes place on May 7, the day in 1895 on which Alexander Popov successfully demonstrated the principal application of electromagnetic radio waves. Huh. And now we're inundated <laughs> with electromagnetic radiation everywhere you don't look. Bluetooth, cell phones, television, radio, gamma rays, <laughs> turning us into the Hulk. Yes, we'll talk about the Hulk in a second. Actually, gamma rays are different, I think, than uh, the next rays. Gamma rays are actual particles, whereas X-rays are electromagnetic radiation, if I remember correctly. So you are bombarded with gamma rays, but not radio waves. That's right. All You're right. inundated with radio waves. Today is also, just out of, for note, uh, accounting day. Oh, so good. So congratulations to everyone in accounting and the finance industry. Mm-hmm. And also the holiday that I was going to go with, but I couldn't get confirmation that it was actually being celebrated this year. And that is National Masturbation Day. Oh, well, good. That's the best one of all. <laughs> as far as I could tell, May is ma- uh, Masturbation Month. Did you uh, did you celebrate Masturbation Day? <laughs> not yet. But the day's not over. <laughs> it's my not friend. over yet. That's right. <laughs> uh, so you know, if you're into the if you're celebrating that, hopefully not as we speak, well, or maybe whatever. whatever. You know, have fun. Um, whatever spins your wingnut. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I just made that up. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, all righty. So we are, of course, going to talk about The Walking Dead TV show on this podcast. Mm-hmm. That is what we do. We've got some news. We're going to review the video game, yep. the Telltale game that came out last week. And we've got a little bit of, of listener feedback, too. But one programming note before we start, and that is that we're going to delay our Walking Dead actor spotlight on David Morrissey mm-hmm. for until next show. And that is due to a couple of reasons, the foremost being that I watched the first Red Riding movie, 1974, I think it is, Mm -hmm. and he's not in it. Well, there you go. (laughs) I mean, he's there. I think he has maybe two scenes and not one line. So it's not really a good example of his work. So what we're going to do is take an extra two weeks to cover David Morrissey. We're going to watch the full Red Riding trilogy because I... I think he's in the lap, the later, the latter two movies a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if not, whatever, we watch the full trilogy, so so be it. And uh, we just need a little bit extra time to do that. That's all. So I appreciate that. So if you you know went out and you watched all these David Morrissey movies, um, good for you. I apologize that we're delaying, but um, you're ahead of the game now. Please remember <laughs> your uh, that you watched them. Right, exactly. And their content. And if you have any feedback or if have any comments about Mr. Morrissey or his work in either any of these films, send it in. We'd, we'd love to hear oh, it. Absolutely. We wouldn't mind getting some uh, listener feedback on some of his past work. So that is the only programming note. <clears throat> Before we get started, too, I think we should both address one thing that is not Walking Dead related. Mm-hmm. And that is that uh, the Avengers movie came out this week. It this sure weekend did. On Friday, probably Friday at 12.01 a.m. Somewhere. Uh, interesting to note, though, it opened in many, many other countries before North America. It really, really. It was, yeah. <clears throat> it re- really, really. Really, really. 
it was open in countries in Europe and Australia um, at least a week in advance. A week? Yeah. So it had a it had a healthy international take before it even opened here. Wow. And when it did, ended up being the highest grossing opening weekend of all time. Nice. Making a little over $200 million. Oh, I wish I made that this weekend. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> <laughs> even, that, even gross, you yeah. know, and then, you know, Canada Revenue Agency would take its cut, which is fine. I'd still be good with the $100 million that would be left. That's right. Or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> But you know what? Even if I had $100 million from my weekend, I'd still be sitting here recording oh, this. Oh, yeah. This is uh, priceless. Possibly with a couple of new computers, but, you know. Yeah, well, may- we'd fill not. the room with computers, and each one of them would record <laughs> half a second, and then we'd buy another computer to put them all together. Actually, what we should do then with that kind of money is somehow put, I don't know, some crazy connection between our houses so you don't actually have to come here to do this. Right. That would be sweet. Or we just buy... Uh, not that I don't want you to come here. A couple I of like houses right next to each other. We could we could buy podcasting houses. That'd be awesome. All we do there is store our stuff and podcast. Like a studio. It'd be amazing. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. All kinds of good stuff. <laughs> a studio. You could call it that. <laughs> I prefer podcasting Pod- houses. Podcasting hold. <laughs> Domiciles. <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to address the Avengers real quick because we've both seen it. I saw it opening night or opening afternoon. I left work a little early to go see it. Oh, That's good for you. how exciting I was. That's why you weren't online on uh, Friday. You know what? I had to do something anyways. I had to drive out to a suburb to return a rental. Right. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go do that and then go see the Avengers at 4.30 in the afternoon. So you accidentally fell into a theater on your way home. It was just right there, (laughs) Uh, you know. It was an accident. I drove, I stopped. I don't know what happened. Next thing I knew, I had, you know, my bum in a seat and it was starting. And a a giant Coke and a bag of chocolate and there I was. Good times, good times. So... Let's talk about the Avengers just briefly before we get in the Walking Dead news. What sure. did you think of the movie? I thought it was great. The end. I thought it was great, too. That's it. <laughs> That's pretty much it. If I had to nitpick, I only found two things that I could possibly nitpick about. And uh, one was uh, I thought that Loki could have been a little more trick trickstier. Trickstery. He's a, he's a yeah, tricksty, trickstery. Sure. Uh, well, Tricky. Anyway. Uh, Loki is a trickster. Yes. Right? Uh, that could have been a little more apparent in this movie. Uh, yeah, um, I I would say I have a small nitpick with Loki too. He, and more more specifically, the lack of explanation for, um, and this this really is a nitpick, I guess, but the lack of explanation for kind of what his scepter did and how yeah. it worked, and then he takes over people's minds with it, and then all it takes to undo that possession is you Gil- know Gilligan's Island. Bang him on the head with a coconut. Yeah, bang him on the head. That something goes wrong. You bang him on the head. It goes back to right. Right. Yeah, it, it felt. I mean, I could totally accept it. You know, there was. If you can accept a guy getting bombarded with gamma rays and turning into a green raging monster, I think Loki's uh, scepter powers are probably not that hard to buy into. Right. But uh, you know, I noticed it. And and the only other thing, other thing that I could think of was uh, uh, was the Hulk and. You know, the fact that at the end he seemed to have almost full control over what he was doing. He did, but that's... <clears throat> I loved that part. Oh, the Hulk was the best character in the whole movie. E, no, Tony oh. Stark was probably oh, the best Tony Stark character. was good, but uh, I still... I think the Hulk was my favorite character in the movie. Put it this way. I think Mark Ruffalo and this version of the Hulk was the best we've seen. Oh, yeah. Of, of the three down. or four Hulk movies or whatever there have been. Smattering. Yeah, the exactly. Smattering of the Hulk movies. And I... I thought the dynamic between Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo was amazing. Yes. And I think it makes so much sense to, because they're both scientists. They come together. They want to, like, play with each other, you know? Yeah. In each other's sandbox. And it really, really works. I thought it was was fantastic. That was, uh, you know, there were small things, and if I had to nitpick something, those would be it. But the good parts of this movie far, far outweighed these little nitpicky things. Fantastic movie. Somewhat of a Herculean task, too, to bring all of these characters together. And I, you know, I credit this somewhat to Marvel for being able to pull this off to make, I think it's five lead-up movies to this. Yeah. And then, of course, Joss Whedon, who wrote mostly and directed this thing yeah. to to be able to pull it off. He he's clearly a, he's a superhero in his own right. Well, he clearly gets what makes each of these characters sort of individual mm-hmm. and I think he was able to bring out the um 
personality traits of each one in an interesting way and bring them together in an interesting way. Right. And no love story. No love story. That's a really good point. There were love interests, but there was no real love story. You, yeah, Natasha Romanoff and Hawkeye clearly that was implied had something, but it wasn't in the movie. They at never all. touched each other. No, but the the love story was implied, which was nice. Except when and, she was kicking his ass. And then we had Pepper Potts. That was cool too. Uh, we had Pepper Potts at the beginning. That's a love interest. There was no story there. Right. Right. So uh, I thought that was. Uh, a big departure from a lot of movies, like a lot of movies that are supposed to be action-oriented. They throw in a love story because they need a love story. Yeah, and you know what? There was there was certainly the possibility for that because, you know, if you remember in the Captain America movie, he um, he makes a date to meet that the, the love interest in the movie. Yep. And then, of course, goes down in the plane and gets frozen in ice and can never meet her. I mean, they there was the, there's the potential for her to show up in this movie. Right. Clearly, she'd be pretty old now, but well, yeah, could could happen. She had probably has a granddaughter somewhere, or or a granddaughter, something Wouldn't like that. Wouldn't that be a kick in the pants, eh? <laughs> meet the granddaughter. Uh, sorry, I couldn't meet you. Uh, yeah, I fell into a big uh, thing of ice and uh, just woke up. But uh, you look good for being 110. <laughs> do you uh, do you have a granddaughter? granddaughter? Yeah. <laughs> no. So that's an interesting point. I'm, I'm I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, it was all about. It was all about the characters and what makes them fun. I wasn't sold on Captain America as a character from the Captain America movie, but I was sold on Captain America in this movie. See, I liked the Captain America movie. I think it was second only maybe to Iron Man 1. In, in, I, I mean, I liked five. it, but I just, I, you know, the, the idea of this character was just like, well, you know, he's strong and he has, you know, he has a cool shield. But in this movie, his strengths were uh, the fact that he could lead this group. Right. And uh, that is a superpower in uh, in and of itself. Well, he's exactly he's out of his league in terms of powers because he's really he does have superhuman strength, but he's not you know a he guy can't fly. He needs a ride places. He's exactly. got his shield. He can bounce it off of things. And holy crap, can he ever take a hit from Thor's hammer? Yeah. Well, exactly. But well, the shield can take a hit. You know, well, yeah. The unstoppable weapon hits the unbreakable shield. Yeah. It's it's a pretty interesting thing to to it imagine. Was, yeah, it was quite the thing. Uh, but Black Widow is in the same boat, right? She's just a really really good spy right. sort of thing, and she doesn't really have any powers, whereas the rest of them do. You know, it's hard to measure up against a guy in an invincible suit and a god. And a raging green monster who can punch things into outer space. Hulk smash. Yeah. <clears throat> but that speech he get he gave on the street when when um, he was telling everyone what to do. I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. Uh, it was great. It, it was, was it was delivered well. It was written well, and he finished it with a, a great line. A stellar stellar movie. Yeah, very very good. So if you haven't seen the Avengers and you're into that sort of thing at all, I don't know what you're waiting for. Go and just give it more money because. <laughs> Yeah. It uh, couldn't hurt. It couldn't hurt. And it's not um, going to help them all that much at this point because they got so much money already. You know, another, <laughs> you know, 12 bucks or whatever it is. It's going to make a lot more. Uh, I think word of mouth is going to help this movie. If I can convince my wife, I'll probably go see it again. Because oh, I saw it, see it again. I saw it in 2D. I think seeing it in 3D might be fun. I saw it in 2D yep. with the, on purpose. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of the 3D, but I think I would want to see this in 3D. But my wife, she wants to see it again, but she wants to see it again in 2D. So I might go see it twice more: once in 3D with you, uh-huh. and once in 2D with her. Well, convince her to go 3D. I mean, it's it's the glasses. She has to wear glasses over her glasses. Well, it's the- really annoying. In theory, I would too. I just don't wear my glasses in movies. Yeah, she needs her she needs her glasses in movies. Right. So either we buy her a special pair of 3D glasses that fit nicely over her glasses. You should do that. Because I even suggested if you don't like 3D, you can get 2D glasses to go see a 3D movie in 2D. She's like, well, I still have to wear the glasses. And you still have to pay for the 3D. Right. <laughs> Which would be a little silly. So, you know, maybe custom 3D glasses that, you know, this big thing that fits over her her uh, regular glasses, like, you know, googly eyes of some kind. Yeah. I think would, uh, would solve the problem. Okay. Well, maybe. Um, but in any case, go check it out. And I just like to say... We, or I entered the summer movie pool with the guys over from Definitive Geek, Mm -hmm. which is a podcast you should go check out at definitivegeek.com if you're interested. And we did our draft, uh, I don't know, about a month ago now or so. And I'm just going to say right now, whoever has the Avengers, if you don't have a big enough lead in the pool already to take the whole thing, you uh, have a pretty good chance. Yeah, no kidding. I think the biggest movie of all time. And And it's not going to slow down either. 
Well, like that's it's, it's not just making a, a crap load of money in one weekend. It's a good movie that made a crap load of money in one weekend. This sucker's going to have legs, I tell you. It's going to have legs. Word of mouth is going to be good. And I believe our pool, if I remember correctly, is only the domestic box office. So that $150 million it made internationally or whatever doesn't count. So it's Canadian domestic? No, Canadian, North American domestic. Okay. Canadian American. So, but that 200 it's pulled in already and probably going to at least double that, maybe I, triple. I went to see it in a matinee and I only gave it uh, six bucks per ticket. No, not <clears> me. <throat> I paid my full-on Cineplex. Oh, no, I didn't because I got it with scene points. Free movie nice. tickets. <laughs> oh, I have enough points for a free movie. Yeah, I, it's been asking me for a while, but that's boring. <laughs> I used my scene points, everybody. Exciting stuff. <laughs> All right, that's enough about the Avengers. Go see it if you haven't already. It's really, really great. I don't know where Marvel can go from here, but they'll think of something. Lots of Hulk movies. Let's do The Walking Dead news. Sure. The Walking Dead news. The first item, The Walking Dead has officially started filming season three. Hooray! It is pretty exciting. They, uh, We reported on this last time a fair bit of where they're going to be. The only real update I have is that they're starting off in Coweta County, which is the county that um, the town is in, Sonoya, Georgia. Right. So that's where they are. They didn't lie to us. And apparently filming will take place on Turkey Creek Road. Oh, man, that's a good name. Near the fire department. Oh, even better. And as we reported last week at Sportsman's Deer Cooler in Harrelson. So that wasn't a spelling mistake. No, it's a deer cooler. Um, I think that's a slaughterhouse. A deer cooler? Yeah. Okay, that's just a euphemism for killing deer? We had a listener... It's not a deer slaughterhouse. It's probably a slaughterhouse of some other kind. Because you don't just have a deer slaughterhouse, do you? Nobody raises deer just to slaughter them. Okay, no, but you... uh, it's a cooler because they hang and the, the blood all drains out and it's in cold temperatures. Okay, so say I want I'm uh, I want to kill things, but cleaning them and cutting the meat is too much for me. So I kill it, strap it to the bumper, bring it to a deer cooler place, and they uh, they turn it into little brown paper wrapped meat <laughs> for my freezer. I don't think they do that. I think this is happening before that in the process. We had a listener write in about this, and if I could just remember where that was. I bring them a live deer and they shoot it? What do you mean before the process? I mean, they're not processing the meat in something that you freeze, cook, and eat. Right. Or cook and eat. They're they're processing the meat before it goes to a butcher or something like that. Oh, so they give it all the skin and the antlers and stuff. Yes. Hang it up, drain the blood or whatever. I don't know. It's I. We did have a listener write in. Unfortunately, I can't find the email right now. Um, but if I can find it, I'll talk about it later. It's a professional operation going on here. Yeah. We don't know what we're talking about, but somebody <laughs> said something that probably would have helped us out, but I can't find it. Well, <laughs> professional operation. So they're at the deer cooler <laughs> and a house in Turin. I believe Turin is a town name, I, I, I think. Turin. One more note, the production company has asked to close Reese Road between Macintosh Trail and Odom Road. These are all great names. Yeah, Turkey Creek Road, Reese Road, Macintosh Trail, and Odom Road. Odom Road and Turin. Yeah, so if you're in the area, go and look them up and see if you can get any spy shots. I want to see what's going on down there. And for God's sakes, tell us what a deer cooler is. (laughs) Somebody already did. I apologize for not having that in front of me. Uh, So that's season three. It's filming. More on season three. E Online, the Gossip Girl column over there, has revealed a new character for season three. The quote from the site is, Our merry band of survivors will meet up with a guy who's the exact opposite of Shane. Like Dale, Harold is a studious and fastidious man trying to carve out a post-apocalyptic niche for himself. Okay, so uh, what? So IMDb has no mention of Harold. Opposite of Shane. Well, studious. Can't shoot. (laughs) And studious and fastidious. Uh, He's got to be a criminal because Shane was a cop. I suppose, yeah. Uh, He's got to be a woman. (laughs) He's got to be a woman, except it's Harold. (laughs) Let's Uh, think personality-wise here. Oh, okay. So Shane was a hothead. He was, he, he tended to shoot first and ask questions later. He didn't take anyone's advice. Right. He didn't really think things through. I think Harold will be the opposite of all those. He will. He's going to have a, an affair with Rick. <laughs> Instead of Rick's wife. That's right. Yeah. Well, you've got... You <laughs> You clearly remember opposites from kindergarten. I sure do. <laughs> well, when you say things like that, I'm going to think of the opposites. There you go. 
Well, IMDb has no mention of him yet, so we don't know really anything about him or who's playing him. Is I went. Harold uh, Shane spelled backwards? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're good. Can you pronounce Harold backwards just for fun? Uh, Delora. Delora. Um, I went back and looked up if there was a Harold in the comic, and apparently there was. Oh. According to the Walking Dead wiki, Harold was a lighthearted Woodbury cage fighter who was mildly injured in a fight with another cage fighter, Eugene. Wow. And he ended up in the comic being killed by Eugene uh, as he was being patched up by the doctor after a fight. Eugene came in and stabbed him. You think this is going to be a parallel to that or some kind of reference to that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, You know, Kirkman said we could have characters or something from the comic that happens to a different character in the TV show. So we could have characters that are kind of from the comic end up in the TV show in different roles. Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I could have nothing to do with it, too. Hmm. But we're going to get Harold, apparently, according to E! Online. Michael Rooker also recently teased his return to the show. He was at the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo. Oh, cool. It's very exciting. Calgary's a great town. Um, so after joking with the audience during his panel about possibly strapping a, a bazooka or some ridiculous weapon to his arm in place of his missing hand, that's a good idea. He got serious and hinted that his character is likely to utilize something in place of a hand simply because of his re- resource resourcefulness. Chainsaw. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I get the feeling here. As much as I think it would be cool to see him with a machete arm or a like a poker arm or something right you know he'll get an all you know what an all is a w l i believe well tell me what it is it's it's a tool for poking a hole in drywall it's just a pointy it's like a screwdriver but it comes to a sharp point like an ice pick it's like an ice pick but it's called an all and uh you know you could get one of those and stick it in your stump and go for it ew that sounds painful it could do some damage what i was going to say though is i get the feeling here that this is probably just michael rooker making stuff up right he's he doesn't know what's going on yet he may or he may know when he's going to come back but i don't know if he's seen a script yet he could have if he's in the first few episodes well but if not you just you just don't know well you know if i lost my hand and i was in a post-apocalyptic world where i didn't have access to a surgeon or to you know therapy or to you know good drugs or whatever uh you know what i would use uh, as a prosthetic for my hand what a pillow wrapped in duct tape so i wouldn't hurt it on anything (laughs) okay so maybe that's the kind of thing he's talking about the prosthetic i have is a pillow and it doubles as someplace to sleep when you're tired yeah it's i suppose that's resourceful not so good for killing zombies not really you don't want to get into a pillow fight with a zombie (laughs) It, it would last a long time well, not necessarily. It depends on how good you are with that pillow. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> a pillowcase full of rocks might help. That'd be good. Pillowcase full of batteries. Uh, batteries. Nothing beats uh, that. Uh, not ping pong balls. What do you... Pool balls. Pool balls. Ping pong balls would be bad. Yeah, that wouldn't be so good. Easier That'd, to swing, though. It'd be just like a <laughs> pillow. A pillowcase full of pillows. <laughs> not so good. Yeah. Merle, I mean, uh, Rooker also said, thinking of how Merle is written and how I've played him so far... I find it hard to believe that Merle would walk around with just a stump. Whatever happens, you're going to be surprised. And so is he. That's what he said, and so is he. So he's right, though. I mean, I, I haven't spent a ton of time thinking about uh, what's going to happen when, when Merle comes back. And we know he is for season three. Mm-hmm. So they'll do something fun with the character. I think so. I wouldn't be surprised if he dies, though. I'm going to say that right now. I, I could see Merle getting being killed off. Maybe Daryl will kill him. Yeah, well, kill your own brother. I mean, that's that'd be something. It's biblical. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> All righty. So next item. The 2012 San Diego Comic-Con is coming up this summer, mm-hmm. as it does every year. And it will have lots and lots of Walking Dead exclusives, oh, apparently. Of course it will. So if you're going, you're a lucky person, and I hope you have deep pockets because there will be lots of awesome Walking De- Dead stuff to purchase. Right. Including... Walking Dead number 100 of the comic, which comes out on the first day of the con. Nice. Now, of course, that's not exclusive. That'll be for sale everywhere. But I wouldn't be surprised if they had some exclusive version of it there. Yeah. Because they sometimes do that. Have you seen the cover for it? No, they, the haven't. cover has been released. Oh, I'm going to look at that. Look that up right now. Well, I'll tell you about it. It's really interesting. It's kind of spoilery, though, if you're if you're not caught up I in the comic. I am not caught up. Well, you're mostly, you're almost there, right? Maybe 10 behind? Uh, yeah, something like that. So the cover is Rick standing over basically a giant 
field of bodies. Yep. And all the all the ones that you can see up close oh, yeah. are the characters from the comic that have died in the past. Oh, we got Shane. We have. Uh... Well, don't don't yell them all out. <laughs> well, we know Shane's dead. We do. And there's others. And amongst others. Exactly. So it's a pretty cool cover, but that's releasing on the day, the first day of San Diego Comic-Con, apparently. Now, a couple of the exclusives we know about so far are a Vannon watch for 85 bucks, featuring Rick with one hand, based around Adler's cover for The Walking Dead number 100. So hmm. it's kind of like the, the cover of number 100, but on the face of a watch. Now, I think they should have done a watch with only one hand, with only one watch arm <clears> hand. <throat> That would be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> you know? I, I Or a clock get like that. that. That'd be good. Exactly. I think there have been Walking Dead watches in the past, though, so this is just kind of like the next version of that. I think we should make these <clears throat> clocks. Walking Dead one-handed, one-handed, one-handed clocks? One-handed clocks. All right. You get on that. That'll be your project. I'll work on it, but not sell them. Just have them. Just have them. Well, we can't sell them. No, we can't sell them. We can make them and give them away to people, right? I'm not sure we can do that. Yeah, I don't think so. I think we can make them and maybe keep them and not show them to anybody. (laughs) But talk about them? Uh, Maybe. Okay. Well, we're not going to let anyone know if we do it. I've already said too much. Yes, you have. So if you want the Van and Watch for $85, go to San Diego Comic Con. It will be there. I don't know if it'll be limited, but uh, you might want to get it on the first day. That's what I'm... I'm just going to say that right now. Yeah, yeah. There will also be a exclusive Michonne action figure called Bloody Poncho Michonne, limited to 3000 for $35, and uh, it comes with Charlie Adler packaging art. Cool. I guess new Charlie Adler packaging art, and presumably Michonne with a Bloody Poncho. There's a new Charlie Adler? Adler? New art. <laughs> yeah. New Charlie Adler, <laughs> and he's drawing stuff. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> so uh, they have a new one. Yeah. <laughs> the other one, something happened. They had to get a new one. Oh wow. Uh, anyways, those are two of the things. Apparently, there will be lots more cool stuff, cool Walking Dead stuff at San Diego. So um, if anyone's going and really they want to buy me a present, I can think of I can <laughs> think of lots of stuff. Yeah. So there you go. Or at least report on it. Yeah. You know, send us a send us an email. Let us know how it's going. Yeah. What you got? What you saw? What you did? Actually, I wouldn't mind getting someone on board. I'm going to assume there will be a Walking Dead panel there of some kind. Some kind. And yeah. I would love to have a correspondent down there, since mm-hmm. we can't be there ourselves, who's at the panel, who could listen to it, and maybe come on this very program and talk to us about it That'd afterwards. That'd be great. So if you know you're going to be there and you think you'll be willing to line up and get into that panel, let us know. We'll uh, maybe work something out. So Robert Kirkman, you know he is being sued by Tony Moore, right? the original artist. And I just have a quick update on the lawsuit here for anyone that is interested. Um, I think we knew this already, but Moore, Moore is claiming that he receives little compensation for the series and says he's entitled to as much as half of the proceeds generated by the franchise. Really? Yeah, that to me that seems like a lot. The guy, wrote, the guy drew eight issues out of a hundred comics so far well you know it's it's lawyer speak right as lawyers are saying you got to ask for half right you'll get less but you you position yourself <laughs> that if you hadn't drawn those there would not be this current franchise right you so you were responsible for the whole franchise even though you only drew the covers for the first eight episodes eight issues right exactly it's like you know if you if you invent something you're the inventor of it Right. Uh, even if you never build one again in your life. I mean, I, I mean, I guess you'd hold a patent in that case, but it's similar, I think. Well, it belittles all the work that's happened afterwards, after the first eight issues. Yeah, it does to a certain extent. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think this is going to get before a judge, and uh, the, uh, the opposing lawyer is going to say, this is ridiculous. And the judge is going to say, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Be more realistic. Here's what you can actually have. Yeah. Well, Kirkman came out in the Herald and made a statement that Moore does in fact receive regular payment for his early work on The Walking Dead. And he said to assert otherwise would be simply incorrect. This lawsuit is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. (laughs) I think it's ridiculous. I think so too, especially if it's true that Tony Moore does in fact receive royalties. Um, Obviously, he must receive something because these books still sell and he was... Well, he's claiming he receives little compensation, which means he thinks that whatever he is receiving is just a drop in the bucket to what he deserves. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think he's been, yeah. been nagged for years by lawyers and finally gave in. And uh, some lawyers running amok with uh, the press and the legal system in the U.S. It's really too bad, but uh, I, I guess it will probably go to court at some point. And, and that's a completely wholeheartedly uninformed opinion. <laughs> yeah, we have as much information as is right here in front of us right now. That's right. In this uh, Calgary Herald article, everything's from Calgary this week. Crazy. Calgary's a groovy town. It's a rocking town, man. Just don't go outside in winter. Uh, in the article, Moore also noted, I thought it was interesting, that he feel he does feel bittersweet about the whole thing because he does like to see The Walking Dead succeed and noted that he watches the show every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's why he's owed money, because he's uh, happy that it's succeeding and he's contributing to the success of the show. Right. Therefore, he wants a kickback to his own viewership. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I keep slamming on the guy. Maybe he has a perfectly legitimate claim and uh, everybody else is just dead wrong. Who knows? Who knows? Hopefully someday we'll find out. But those court records will probably be sealed for years. Maybe he, you know, maybe he was talking and uh, at some point uh, Robert Kirkman said, Gesundheit, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh Maybe he said, uh, you know, I'll give you half of everything from now on. <laughs> you know, he's just asserting that position. You said this. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But Robert Kirkman from day one has always been credited as creator and writer. Right. Um, Tony Moore was just the guy he hired. Well, I, I, they knew each other from before that, but he was his original collaborator as an artist, right? Right. Robert Kirkman owns it all. It's so. probably a lot messier than that in real life. Oh, I'm sure it is. It's I'm like, sure hey, it let's do this comic together, dude. Yeah, okay. Good idea. It probably 50, won't get past one issue. 50-50, right? Yeah, all the way, buddy. You know? <laughs> all the way. How else would we do it? Yeah, exactly. You know, one person interprets that as you said you'd give me half forever, and the other one said, uh, yeah, I'll give you absolutely 50-50, you know? That's great. These issues. You know? <laughs> yeah, It's exactly. just that, it's that assumption thing that one person assumes one thing, another person assumes another, and next thing you know, everything's a colossal success, and you got the lawyers involved. Well... That's how I figure this podcast will go. Absolutely. <laughs> Hopefully they can come to some sort of agreement. We should hammer out an agreement there just in case we're wildly successful and uh, I end up taking the whole thing and you're penniless living in the street. Yeah, and then I sue you. <laughs> yeah. uh, just for just so everybody knows, it's completely the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> I own the mixer. Screw you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. this, buddy. <laughs> Next item, Frank Darabont. So remember Frank... I do. He got fired from The Walking Dead, and then he has now moved on to do another show called L.A. Noir. Yeah. And I report on this because if if you've watched The Walking Dead and you've seen characters be killed off... I have. And you've kind of wondered what they're going to go on to next. I have. Apparently, everyone who dies in The Walking Dead gets hired on Frank Darabont's new show, L.A. Noir. So it's an afterlife show. It, it must be an afterlife show. It's um, just out of interest. I did write down the... Brief uh, summary here. L.A. Noir is a crime drama pilot, obviously, that takes place in Los Angeles during the 40s and 50s and follows the gangster Mickey Cohen and the police chief pursuing him. Nice. So I do want to watch that. No that kidding. Sounds, I'm all on board with this. That sounds cool. But uh, we have John Bernthal, yep. who, who was rumored to be cast while he was still alive on The Walking Dead. And we thought, well, his days might be numbered. That mm -hmm. was the first hint we had. Jeffrey DeMunn has been hired on to L.A. Noir, mm -hmm. and Andrew Rothenberg, who you may remember as Jim mm -hmm. on the first season of The Walking Dead. Right. So uh, the only one, really, other than the zombies, is Amy. So I expect her casting to be announced soon. Right. And, playing uh, Trixie. Playing Trixie, Trixie's exactly. Trixie's a nice good 40s name, isn't it? <laughs> Especially in a crime drama. Yeah, absolutely. In Los Angeles. <laughs> there you it's go. Perfect. And uh, there, yeah, so those three actors are there. If you're... If you want to watch them, them on TV and something else, this is a good place to do it. I'll bet you five bucks right now that he uh, uh, that it's in black and white. The whole show. The whole show. Mm, that would be cool. I don't know. They couldn't convince uh, they couldn't convince AMC to do Walking Dead in black and white. Yeah, but maybe TNT has uh, <clears throat> you know opened the doors. Could Frank be. Darabont, come on in. What do you want? I want black and white. Okay, man, no problem. Anything you want. Yeah. We're not gonna fire you. Don't worry. <laughs> or maybe they'll offer it in two different time slots. They'll offer a, a color time slot and a black and white time slot, and you get to choose. That would be, well, that would be really cool. They'd never do it. No, of course they wouldn't. They'd split audience. their whole audience. But yeah. then they would get, you know, uh, yeah, they'd never do it. They split their audience, or maybe they double their audience because people would watch both. 
They would. Or, I'd watch both or, probably. you know, people would be pissed at first, but if you sell them as separate shows, say, on iTunes, you have to buy the color or the black and white or pay for both suckers. Yeah. You know, I could I could see maybe back to back like they did with The Walking Dead. You play an episode. They do it with Mad Men too. They show an episode and then right as soon as it's done, they show it again. Yeah, why not show it in black and white? Show it in black and white. And show it in color, then black and white. And you get to choose or watch them both or do what you want. They just combine the ratings and then. Good idea, man. Good idea. Okay, one more item in the news, and that is just a quick one, and that is that The Walking Dead continues to dominate bookstores on the graphic novel sales chart. We have seven of the top 10 held by Walking Dead books Whoa. and 12 of the top 20. Jump and Jehoshaphat. So, yeah, seven. And this is the trades, the compendium, um, stuff like that. I just bought the latest trade over the weekend. Did you? Yeah, you have them all, right? No, 15, yeah. This is the most recent, the one that I, yeah, it's the most recent. All right. Well, <laughs> I haven't read it. I don't no. I, it probably goes beyond what I've actually read in the uh, in the issues. Yeah. Well, I'm, I read the individual issues, so I'm right, right caught up. I gotta do that. I gotta get caught up. But seven of the top ten—that is really something, and it's been that way for some time. I think. Yes. I remember reporting on a similar story last year about how it occupied, you know, six or seven of the top ten positions. So crazy. This thing is selling like gangbusters. Hot cakes. Hot cakes. Alrighty, that is going to wrap up the Walking Dead news this week. Before we move on, we uh, after the break, we're going to review the Walking Dead Telltale video game. Mm-hmm. We've got lots of interesting stuff to talk about there. Before we do that, though, we'll take a quick break to thank our sponsor for this episode, and that is Audible. For the listeners of The Talking Dead, Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service and choose one of the over 100,000 titles they have in their library oof that's a lot what do you what do you got for us this week you know i got something i'm going to be uh, very interested in it is the uh, the new dark tower novella by stephen king the wind through the keyhole so it's a novella it's a novella it's not a yeah it's a, a book 4.5 fits uh, right between uh wizard and glass and wolves of cala so he's <laughs> right in the middle there's eight books and this one fits right oh actually no there's seven books and this one fits through uh four and five so all right he's written a, a bridge book between four and five i guess yeah apparently and it's a flashback book too because it has to do with uh, roland and the death of his mother cool way back before even the gunslinger i haven't read any of the uh dark tower books i should kind of would like to but it's just such a daunting task to get into but audible would be a fantastic way to do it it is we haven't done this on the air before so i'm gonna i'm gonna do this watch this i'm gonna say add to cart and then I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this right now. You're gonna wow! I have a, I have a credit. And uh, next step, uh, I'm gonna click that button there. So I've now uh, I'm gonna purchase this and complete purchase, and we're done. I just bought this live Audible purchasing right here on the air. Something you don't see every day, everybody. That's it, and I can deliver it right wirelessly to my Kindle. Just click this button, <clears throat> and the next time I uh, open up my Kindle, I can uh, I have this book. Beautiful. Tell us who the reader is and how long it is, and. Uh, Oh, my good Lord, man. It's narrated by Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the person you want, I would imagine. Well, I don't know. I've never really, I've heard him talk like in uh, in previous books. He does like an afterword. Uh-huh. He's, you know, pretty well-spoken guy. So I think this uh, this would be good. And it comes in at 10 hours, 29 minutes. 10 hours, 29 minutes. That would be time well spent. If you want to download your free audiobook right now, go to audibletrial.com slash talking dead. That is audibletrial.com slash talking dead to get... Uh, your free audiobook. Alrighty. So, the walk, Telltale released The Walking Dead video game on multiple platforms last week. Multi-platform. And by multiple, I mean the PS3, the PC, the Mac. Mac, the even. Xbox, uh, two days later. I don't know why they were delayed, but the Xbox Live uh, Arcade had it. That's Xbox's fault. Microsoft. Yeah, it must have been. It probably They're probably backed up or something like that. They didn't have anyone working on the weekend or something. Right. Um, and apparently it's coming out on iOS as well. Wow. But I don't believe that is available yet. Oh, that'll be good. So I got it on day one, played it on the Xbox. Yeah. You did too, or at least most of it. I played most of it. All right. Well, let's talk about that in a second. Matt from New Jersey wrote in an email as a with a brief review on it, and I pulled a little excerpt from his email. He says, I enjoyed the game a lot. The various options to the conversation combined with the timer when it came to all of the important decisions was cool. There were the two instances where you had to save one person and no matter what you did, someone was going to die. 
I like the idea that your decisions affect how people deal with you and that people note things such as your concern or your loyalty. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a description of the gameplay, more or less. Absolutely. You you make conversation choices, you make action choices, and you just kind of get yourself out of uh, hard spots. And you explore the environment as well. Yeah, you do. It's not... It's not an open world game. Oh, God, no. You can't go anywhere you want. You really have to follow the train tracks that you're on. Oh, absolutely. But there is a certain amount of exploration, you're right. And this is, uh, you know, it harkens back to King's Quest, Space Quest, Police Quest. All those games were very similar to this, where, you you know, you get into an area, you can look around the area, you point to things, you try and do things with other stuff, and you put puzzles together, you talk to people, you can leave the area, go to another one, come back. It's uh, it's very similar to this. I love those games. I remember when they had uh, 56,000 colors, finally, after <laughs> yeah. 256, and I was so happy. Or 64,000, well, or whatever the hell it was. But 60, it, was, it was magic. It was magic on screen. It was. There was a huge difference between King's Quest 1 or 2 and 3. I forget oh. where the big jump was. Oh, but. you open the box, and there's like 15 floppy disks. <laughs> oh, my God, this game is huge. I still have some of those sitting around somewhere, you know. It's oh, amazing. should get rid of them. Um, but so what do you think? That this game, it's, you know, I haven't played one of these type of games really in a long time maybe since those days where it's really just about um it's really predetermined the gameplay you know it's a choose your own adventure kind of game it is but predetermined i mean you know you it it varies a little bit but you have no freedom where you go and not really that much freedom of what you do right you just choose what you say and it affects small things as the game progresses right it's telling a story it is. It's more. It's a storytelling kind of game. It's not really. It's not an action game. It's not an RPG. It's not a. Uh, you know. It's it's very much just a story, an interactive story. Exactly. So, what did you think of it? Did you like it? I really did. I really did. I liked the uh, the imagery in it, the very comic booky kind of feel to it. Uh, I liked the uh, the interface because you know I really liked Space Quest and Police Quest and all that kind of good stuff. Yep. Um, so. You know, overall, I thought this great game was fantastic, and I'm looking forward to uh, actually finishing it. Yeah, how deep into it did you get? Don't give too much away because we don't we don't want to spoil the game. But uh, but how far did you get? So I got past Herschel's farm. Mm-hmm. It's a spoiler. I guess we're gonna spoil. It's a story, so um, we're gonna spoil the story. Yeah, we'll try not to give away too much. Maybe some of the finer points. Okay, so I got past that area with those uh, those people and the zombies and stuff, and mm-hmm. I got to this other area <laughs> where there's some other people and zombies, and we were arguing and stuff. All righty. So we can say that you do go to Herschel's farm right. in this first chapter, yeah. Um, and you don't stay there that long. Let's just say that. No. So I finished it completely one and a half times. I went through to play a second time uh, to make the opposite choices that I made the first time. Right. And just my first playthrough and my main game, I you know I, I'm the type of person who plays this trying to be as good a person as I can. That's not possible. From help what I can tell. Help people. Choose the choose the right answers or the right uh, dialogue choices, and try to get on everybody's good side. That's just my nature, right. at least the first time through. The second time, I was just trying to be an asshole, right? You know, not caring about people. Uh, just um, it's so much easier, isn't it? Well, I I don't know that it is. I, I if you don't care, you just like okay, fine. You say stuff, you you do stuff. I think it's just uh, I think being an asshole is an easy way out in life in general. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, that's a whole different thing. Like, but in the game, my experience was playing it the second time. the The choices you make, if they aren't what you think is is going to help you, or or you know, get you on the side of a character, in the end, so far, haven't made an an enormous difference. Right. The same people live and die. And you go to the same places, you travel with the same people, you don't, it's, it doesn't vary it that much. Right. And maybe it shouldn't. I mean, I, I don't know, or, or maybe that's too much to ask of, of a game like this, where there's, you know, limited exploration options. Right. But I was hoping for a little bit more variety by sort of picking the opposite answers or the opposite um, choices. Right. And I didn't get that. But I still had a really good time playing it. I enjoyed it a lot. I, like you, I liked the graphic style of it, very comic booky. 
Yep. Um, which was nice. The voice acting is good, but I found that since all the voices of at least the familiar characters were different, it took me a while to get used to. Right. Man, Herschel's voice in this game is uh, is not like Herschel's voice on the show. No, and but, Herschel hated me. Really? Oh, he hated everything that came out of my mouth. <laughs> well, you there are choices that you can... Like, for example, when you first get there, he asks you your name. You right. can either tell him your name or say things like, it doesn't matter, or... I told him my name. I figured that was good. Yeah. But then uh, he asked me a question of what I was doing, and I inadvertently lied to him, and he didn't like that, and then he was mad at me, and then I let his boy die, and then, oh, there was all kinds of a mess. Right. So, uh, yeah, there's a point at which you have... There's two points in the game where you have to choose to help one person or another right with the assumption that the other person will not survive right um the first one happens on herschel's farm and uh so you you which one did you choose i chose to save the little boy right okay i did too the first time through right um herschel didn't like that no herschel doesn't like that here here's an example on my second playthrough, I chose to save Herschel's son instead of the little boy. Right. The outcome of which is that Herschel's son still dies. Oh. The little boy still lives. Really? And you still get a ride to town with the boy's parents. Sucks. That's what I mean by it doesn't affect the story that much. And Herschel came out with a shotgun during that scene, too, and was killing zombies. His magic shotgun. Well, but I found that kind of non-Herschel. Yeah, it. Uh, you're absolutely right. Although they were attacking his son, and his son had already been bitten at that point, and he shoots yeah. them down. Um, but wouldn't anyway? I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't believe the Herschel character in this uh, in this game. Yeah, who knows? I, I don't think he'll show up again. I think we're past that already. No, but when I first saw the farm, mm-hmm. I didn't, before I knew it was Herschel's farm, I looked at it and I said, "See, that's what Herschel's farm's supposed to look like." The barn's not supposed to be like eight miles away. Yeah, the barn's right there. It's red. It's just like, okay, this is what I envisioned Herschel's farm looking like. And all of a sudden I see green on the the mailbox and it's like, hey, it's Herschel's farm. But I think I remember that from the comic, what it actually looked like. And so this was a a real depiction of what the farm actually looked like in the comic. Yeah. No, it's, it's a little more comic accurate. That's for sure. Yeah. So... Anyways, I've already said I, I enjoyed the game. I'm a little disappointed with the lack of variety in the choices. Right. Um, not the lack of variety in the choices, but the lack of variety in the outcomes of the choices you make. Right, right, right. Um, another example would be when I first meet uh, Clementine, the girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after you get out of her house, you have to decide whether you leave right away during the daylight or you go at nighttime. Right. And I chose daylight first, and then I chose nighttime the second time around. And it does vary what happens next. But again, the ultimate sort of outcome is more or less the same. Right. In this case, though, it did introduce one different character, which we didn't meet the first time. Right. So there, there is that. Um, what did you think about the, the playtime? Well, you haven't finished it yet, but what, what have you put in? About an hour? Uh, maybe probably hour somewhere a, around there. Hour and a half, maybe? Yeah, yeah. The whole thing can be done in... Easily under three. Right. And you're you're much more than halfway in, so maybe two. Okay. Um, I also would like to say, though, that the best part of it is still to come. You oh, haven't good. played it yet. Oh, good. Uh, there's, there's interesting stuff that happens in the location you get to, and there is there's no better way to describe it but saying that there is a set piece at the end that you have to navigate your way through and survive that is a lot of fun. Right. So anyone who's finished it will, will know what I mean. I'm looking forward to it. Any other thoughts on the game in general? Uh, well, I wish I would have had more time to play, but I kind of got sucked into uh, Trials Evolution. Play that game? <laughs> no. It's a it's a motorcycle driving game. <laughs> you were driving a motorcycle and ki- instead of killing zombies? What's wrong oh, with you, man? It's so much fun. <laughs> it's not just, you know, motorcycle racing. It's, uh, you know, it's obstacles. It's motorcycle obstacle course. Oh, okay. That does sound pretty it fun. It was a lot of fun. Are right? there zombies in it? Uh, not that I've seen. Okay, but there could be. There could be. There's an earthquake, and there's some weird friggin' gravity stuff going on some places, but, uh... <laughs> All right, well, no natural disasters of that kind in The Walking Dead. Right. Uh, you should finish it, though. And, I will. And, uh, and give us an update next next time. Absolutely. Because it's totally worth it. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the chapters. I hope they come out soon. And uh, were you able to buy a subscription to them all on Xbox? Because I could just buy the one game, the first chapter, for five bucks. Yeah, I didn't see. 
Yeah. I thought the subscription for all of them was available, which I totally would have bought. But Might be the U.S. only. Yeah, it could be. I, I'm not sure. Uh, so if you have any thoughts on The Walking Dead game or if you agree or disagree with anything we've said, by all means, send in your comments to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com or give us a call on the zombie line at one 483 zomb We would love to hear what you have to say about the game. Listener feedback. All right, we've got a little bit of listener feedback before we wrap things up for the week here. And uh, the first one comes from Mike in North Carolina, and he's talking about John Hawks turning down the role of the governor, which is something we discussed last time on the show. Right. He says, hey, guys, love the show. I was just listening to the new one, and you were talking about John Hawks and why he turned down the role because of commercials. He did this because when it comes out on DVD, any dramatic moments that would be more dramatic because of commercial breaks would be less impactful because it's the next scene with no time to build suspense. Oh. I don't know if I buy that. Sorry, sorry uh, Mike. <laughs> well, it seems like a half legitimate reason there because, you know, it really does. You know, when they, uh, they have a, oh, my God, there's a cliffhanger and you have to wait five minutes before you find something, whatever happens next. Uh, you know, if you don't have to wait that five minutes, you're like, oh, okay, well, whatever. It's, I guess the, the idea is there are super mini cliffhangers with every commercial break. It depends on the show, too. Yeah. I mean, some shows will have that super cliffhanger. Like, uh, well, oddly enough, Gilligan's Island does, does that or did that. <laughs> is that the second Gilligan's Island reference tonight? I think it is. Uh, it is. <laughs> All right. Getting bashed on the head makes you have amnesia right and right. you bashed on the head again everything's fine it's the cause of and solution to all of that's alcohol problems. oh yeah according to homer simpson <laughs> um so yeah, it depends on the show some shows do it right where you know we can flow uh into a commercial break with no problem or if you don't have a commercial break it's just you know a fade to black and then you come back in the way you go but uh, some shows are not like that whereas you have anything on HBO where there are no commercials. They don't structure a show that way. Right. Have you noticed, though, um, watching... When we do recaps of The Walking Dead during the season, I often kind of do it commercial to commercial break. Right. And I even mention them because it just breaks it up easily, you know? Right. Chapters. Yeah, like chapters. But when I watch the show not live on live TV on iTunes, I don't notice the holes for commercials in it. Well, you see, here's the thing. When we do the, we do the recaps... You do it commercial by commercial because you watch it live, mm-hmm. and then you, and then you make notes at that time. Right? I make notes linearly right. from start to finish. I always, or not always, but ninety uh, percent of the shows, especially this previous season, uh, I always waited until I got the iTunes download and I watched it. And I have no idea where the commercial breaks are that's until you say them in the recap. And that's the thing. And I realized that too while I was doing it because I always watch it well I watch it twice aired live once to just watch and once to take notes and then I most episodes I end up watching again off of iTunes right and you're right it's almost always impossible to tell where the commercials were if I didn't already know right and when I'm watching it a third time I'm not thinking about them anyways so it just flows together nicely which in this show is interesting there's commercials when it broadcasts but they don't structure it around those commercials so uh, strongly right so John Hawks totally could have done it. Well, yeah, is what I'm saying. <clears throat> but maybe he's just making a blanket statement. I don't do shows with commercials because yeah. the commercials, and maybe he's doing that because uh, maybe one of those shows that does build up to the commercial and give you a mini cliffhanger every commercial break approached him, and the only reason he could think of was I don't do shows with commercials, and now right. he's stuck saying that for every television show. <laughs> he just didn't want to do it, and now that he's the guy, and he feels guilty about telling whatever that reason, and now he has to spew that reason for everybody else, or he gets caught in a lie. And he's one of those guys that really hates to be caught in a lie. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know. I can see his point, but I'm not so sure. He got hoisted by his own petard. That's right. So Andrew from ISS Props wrote in about the fireman's tool we were discussing last oh, time. Oh, good, good, good. He says, on episode 77, you guys were talking about the strange-looking fireman tool. In the prop biz, a lot of prop houses call it a hooligan tool. Hooligan. That's awesome. <laughs> it is actually called a halligan bar. Halligan. Right. I knew that from Rescue Me. Halligan bar. Not halogen. Halligan? Well, halligan, yeah. All right. It is called, both in the U- is called both in the U.S., even though the U.K. and Australia seem to prefer hooligan. Well, they prefer hooligans. In general. 
Firemen and the military use them as well as law enforcement, uh, as well as law enforcement SWAT teams. Funny you guys talked about it being a good zombie killing weapon. I've had this very, uh, I've had this very discussion with coworkers. There are long axe lengths, about 50 inches, and shorter 18 inch versions. The only downfall is that they are extremely heavy. Right. So hard to carry one around with you is the point. Well, that's why you got to be a fireman. So it's a Halligan tool. <clears throat> Halligan. They're good for uh, getting doors open, I guess. And, and bashing bu- heads. And busting through walls. Well, they're not made for bashing heads. They're used <laughs> by SWAT teams to get through doors and well, to bash through walls. True. True. You would know. Um, <laughs> well, why would I know? Because you know all these sorts of things. I watch Rescue Me, <laughs> and they don't bash heads with it. That's all I know. <laughs> not on purpose, right? <laughs> I don't think they've ever bashed a head. All righty. Well, if there's zombies in front of you, it, it would work. It would just be difficult to swing if you are yeah. got little girly arms like me. They look heavy. So that reminds me. Um, last week, we asked people to sort of send in their favorite way to kill zombies. Oh, yeah. And people have been doing that. Oh, that's nice. But I'm going to collect some more of them, and then on a future podcast, we'll read a whole bunch all at once. Oh, that's excellent. So uh, keep sending those in, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com, your favorite way to kill a zombie, or what you think might be the best way. Andrew seems to think that uh, uh, the Halligan or Hooligan tool would be good for doing just that. It would. And a flattened, sharpened shovel. Uh, Yes. That's your method of choice, I guess. Yes. Weapon of choice. So now a few people, something else we talked about last week, a few people wrote in, uh, including Orion from Edmonton, David from North Carolina, and Morgan from the internet, whose email I'm going to read about zombie breath. And you remember we talked about them removing the breath from the zombies and why they would do that, and we debated whether zombies actually breathe or not, and we sort of came to the conclusion that they do. There's one key thing we missed. And a number of people wrote in, and this is what Morgan had to say. Regardless of whether they are able to inhale or exhale air, which I agree they probably do, if only to moan, groan, and grunt happily as Mm -hmm. they chow down on some fresh meat, the breath would need to be removed anyway. The reason our breath steams in cold air is because the breath we exhale is warm, so it condenses when coming into contact with cold air. As zombies are dead, the air they exhale would be at the same temperature as the air outside, so the zombie's breath would be cold and therefore produce no steam. I feel like a dumbass. He's absolutely right. Yeah, and so was Orion and Edmonton and David in North Carolina, and I think the other people that wrote this in too. So uh, you already facepalmed yourself. I did. And I think that applies Maybe to Maybe people heard it in the background. I smacked my head. <laughs> smacked my melon. That's right. So they do breathe, but they don't produce vapor in the air because right. their breath is cold. Right. Because they are cold. Right. <laughs> We're a couple of geniuses here, people, as you can tell. Right. <laughs> so thanks for writing in with that information, everyone. It is uh, good to put that issue to bed, I would say. Mm-hmm. All right, man, that is it for this week. We have some more feedback. Uh, please don't think we are ignoring you. We will definitely get to most of it on a future podcast. Um, so keep sending it in, and we, we'd love to get that, and uh, i like to get as much of it on the air as possible. Right. So... Uh, by all means, please send it. Keep sending it in. Next time, we are, I certainly hope, going to do our David Morrissey Walking Dead actor spotlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've already watched a couple of the things we decided to watch, but just to recap, we're going to watch Stoned from 2005, a movie about the uh, Rolling Stones. I think he plays their manager in that. I'm not 100% sure. We had a listener recommend that one. Funny thing is, uh, the listener that recommended it wrote in later after rewatching it again and was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know if it was such a good choice. He's not in it as much as I thought, but still an interesting movie. So we're going to leave it on the list. Right. I watched the preview for it and it was just like, oh, really? So did I. <laughs> so did I. But come on, man. We got to take one for the team yeah, here. Absolutely. We're going to watch Stoned. We will be watching The Reaping, the Hillary Swank movie from 2007. He's in that for sure. The full Red Riding trilogy, and mostly because I think he's in the third one the most, but I don't want to just watch the third one. you got to watch them in order. Do you? And I watched the first one already and really enjoyed it, so I'm, I'm looking forward to reading or watching the second two. And finally, Blackpool, episode number one. That is a British TV show from the mid-90s. It is a comedy musical where David Morrissey plays a casino owner wow. who gets... Um, 
wrapped up in a murder investigation because a body is found in his casino. And nice. it's a comedy musical. Nice. Also starring <laughs> David Tennant, who you will remember Ooh. as the doctor yeah, for a yeah. while. So I've watched that already too, and uh, I, I don't think you have, but I, uh, small uh, spoiler here, I kind of liked it. Oh, good. So I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna watch the rest of the season. There's only six episodes, and that's it for the whole thing. So well, that sounds like fun. There you go. So by all means, go out and track those down. They're available on iTunes. Some in Canada, some in the U.S. or various other places. And uh, watch along with us and send your comments. That will be exciting. <clears throat> and that'll be in two weeks on Talking Dead number seventy-nine. Seventy-nine. <laughs> Every time I say the number, you got to repeat it, <laughs> which is okay. It's a number. It needs repeating. To emphasize it. That's emphasize what it needs. Emphasize it. There you go. I could just repeat everything you say emphatically. <laughs> Donkey balls. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Period. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. If uh, as I've already mentioned it, but please send comments or questions to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Or call us on the Zomb line at 1-866-483-ZOMB. That is 9662. You can leave us a message there. Find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. Anything, any final words, Jason, before we sign off? No. Thank you very much for The Talking Dead. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>